Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to Game Over Vancouver. I am your host, Clay Emo. I am Canuck Clay on a night where the Vancouver Canucks defeated the New York Rangers 5-3 to at Madison Square Garden. It is the first show for me of the year, and I will work out all the kinks just like the Canucks did in their first game of the year earlier. But now they've won two straight after knocking off New Jersey on the weekend, and now the New York Rangers. A 5-3 to game had a lot of, of really great goals, some good goaltending, so a really good energy. You, you put one of the top teams in the West against one of the top teams in the East, and there is a lot to like about this game. So I have a good friend of mine, a former boss of mine. I'm not sure if he's willing to admit that, that he's going to join me in about a minute. But before we get going, now that I'm back in the saddle and now that I'm, I'm going here, I want to invite you to do a couple things. Like this video, like the fact that the Canucks won, like the fact that the Canucks are battling Winnipeg atop the, uh, the Western Conference, and they are opening up, believe it or not, they're opening up a lead in the Pacific Division. You can also subscribe to this channel, SDPN, where we cover all seven Canadian teams with post-game shows. And uh, yeah, uh, hit the notification bell if you want to be notified of these shows, reminded of these shows. But the most important thing to do is subscribe to SDPN, like this video, and if you want, you can also uh, follow me. I'm at Canuck Clay, both here on YouTube and on X slash Twitter as well but i don't want it just to be me talking tonight i do want to bring in someone like i said who i've uh, worked with i've known for almost a decade now and he's doing such amazing work as the managing editor of daily hive and uh, i'll let him talk a bit about his work and his thoughts on the game this team and where we go from here so please welcome everyone my good friend mr rob williams hey rob how are you Hey Clay, what a game! I picked a good good night to uh, make my post game uh, debut here on your show. This is great. What a, well, what a, what, a, what an awesome uh, awesome showing by the Canucks tonight. It was, and before we get into the game, I I'm so grateful that you're joining me tonight, Rob. I've asked you for a couple of years now, and because of your media credentials and everything you have to do, you are often at the arena. So an away game made sense. So why don't you, before we talk about this game, why don't you tell everyone what you do, especially for Daily Hive and how that works for you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I wasn't positive enough about the, the team to to come on your show until until now. Uh, no, yeah, I'm the um, uh, national sports editor of Daily Hive. Uh, cover the Canucks and and uh, whatever else is interesting to people, uh, sports related in Vancouver as well as 
uh, as well as Daily Hive is in, in five Canadian cities now. So we're in Calgary, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, and uh, we have a whole team of guys, uh, sports writers that, uh, that cover the team, different teams uh, across the country. Awesome. When you say national editor, you said five cities in Canada. So you are also technically in charge of those other four markets. Is that correct? Yeah, listen to me. <laughs> wow. that's amazing well you, you're probably you're a good boss to me when i you got me started off at daily hive so or van city buzz as it was called back in the day so yeah. i am very grateful that you are here for sure and by the way I, I think you know we've had some daily hive writers and content creators on here including i think um um trevor most recently and yeah. who else who else has been on well, i don't want to put you on the spot either <laughs> it's okay we worry yeah. about t- we worry about today. <laughs> so before we get into this uh, specific plays, what do you think? What were your thoughts coming into this game? What were your hopes for this game for the Canucks? And and overall, did they did they exceed those expectations for you for tonight specifically? Yeah, I mean, other than getting outshot, I <laughs> which I, I don't know if that told the whole story of this game. It didn't seem like a game where they were necessarily under siege. Uh, I think. You know, Demko had to be great in, in a few spots, certainly. But if you look at the goals that they scored, I mean, they, did they score an ugly goal tonight? No. I mean, it, maybe the, the the empty netter wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't a beauty, maybe. But the other five were just uh, outstanding uh, highlight reel type goals. Uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought that they were exceptional in this one. The, the Canucks also, I think, the one thing that's kind of hung around them other than the whole talk of the PDO and the, the puck luck that they've been getting uh, has been, okay, well, they, they've got a lot of wins against some bottom feeders, right? And they've mm-hmm. taken care of them and that's all you can do, but they haven't necessarily racked up a ton of wins against top teams. The Rangers are one of the best teams in the national hockey league this season, a top five team in the standings. Uh, you know, one of the favorites to come out of the East and, and, uh, you know, make some noise in the playoffs. So this was a, a really tough test for the Canucks. Uh, you know, to me, this is a statement game, the way they played. And I think it's also going to be a, it's going to be a statement game in terms of, uh, you know, media attention, given that there was only one Canadian team playing, playing tonight. It was the Canucks, given the fact that they played at 4 PM Pacific uh, you can just see like the the reaction from the Eastern media who say they always they always claim that they wait they stay up late to watch the games, but you don't see them reacting to so much on Twitter as you do tonight. Um, so I think this is yeah this is a big statement game under the bright lights in MSG, and they were able to pull through and uh, you know put through a, a really impressive performance against a, a very good team. Uh, great point, Rob, about it being a statement game. And yeah, you're right. They lost to the Rangers here. They got blitzed by Vegas here. They split the season series with Dallas. So you're they haven't sh- they haven't even played LA and Boston yet. So mm-hmm. there hasn't been a lot of domination yet. And they've taken care of who they need need to take care of. So you're right. This was a really really good start. And yeah, this this road trip overall, we won't get into too much, but isn't that tough? So it's it's great after laying that egg against St. Louis last week that they've now won two straight against New Jersey. And New York. Okay, let's get into the goals. Uh, so just for everyone watching, thank you for being here. They're already uh, peaking at seven, 75 people in here. Uh, no, oh, just, my number just shot up in front of me. It's like my weight. It went up to 82 now. So that's pretty good. So there's 80 of you in here. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. And this is what we're going to do. Rob and I are going to break down the game, the goals, especially because so many nice goals to talk about on both sides for the first 15, 20 minutes. 
Then for the second part of the show, we'll talk about just where the Canucks team sits in terms of the the mega powers across the league and what they may have to do to to ensure that they're uh, they're sniffing around the the top of the league when it comes to playoff time. And then of course the third segment will be the SDPN presser where we'll fire three or four questions at Rob coming from all of you. So you are welcome to ask questions in the chat right now. I may not get to it because we do have a lot to get to, but definitely at the end of the show, I'll be asking you to resubmit those questions as well. All right. Sounds good. So Rob uh, starts off good for the Rangers of early power play and uh, a crazy goal. Uh, just a crazy goal. Demko had no stick. He was on his back. No one knew who was covering who. And uh, Trocek, uh, that Trocek, Panarin, Zabanajad, Fox, and I don't know who their fifth guy is. That's a pretty good unit. Yeah, best power play in the in the yeah. NHL. And and it, that was a funny one because it there was a lot of like fortunate bounces on that, right? Like I think it hit a, it hit a, a discarded stick at one point and you know, took a couple yeah. bounces right right to Rangers players, but at the same time they were moving the puck around so quickly and uh were able to adjust and, and kind of do, do that cross team uh uh, pass and and when the puck went in, you kind of thought, oh, oh boy, and you know, the, how about the the atmosphere at Madison Square Gardens? Like that just looked like an unbelievable atmosphere. Even when the Rangers were losing and they scored the the uh, the five, what was it, the the five three goal? Yeah. Um, they roared, and it's like you know, it's probably too little, too late. But yeah, that 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 goal was kind of like made you go, okay, this might be this might be a tough night, right? Yes, absolutely. And that is only three and a half minutes in. You're right. But then just a minute later, not even, it's the lotto line. And it's a really nice play from Besser, um, bringing it up to the blue line on his forehand, ringing it around with speed. Pedersen, one touch with speed to Miller in the slot. And that was uh, that was just a beautiful display of the their skill. It was a sign of things to come, but uh, a really good bounce back goal by the team. Yeah, I called it a, a natural lotto line goal because it was six to forty to nine, right? Very nice. Don't um, let Thomas Trans hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, what, what a what a what a response, right? Like they're still calling, you know, they're still announcing the goal in MSG, and you get the response with that kind of a goal. Uh, you know, great ring around the boards from Besser to Pedersen, just yeah. like you say, a one touch right out to Miller and unleashes that great one-timer of his and blows it by uh Shisterk and uh, to just have and then uh, you know of course Miller that's got to feel a little bit extra good playing yeah. one of his former teams yeah. uh you know score back in MSG like like just the perfect response yeah and Miller was a beast I know they talked about it in the first intermission I'm not sure if you saw it how he he trucked Keandre Miller once I think it was Trocek or someone else later in the period he was he was all over the place very motivated and then just two minutes later it's Niels Hoglander getting his first of two Petter, actually Hughes makes a really nice play through the neutral zone gets the puck over the blue line and that fourth line combines a nice little give uh tic-tac-toe Lafferty Niels Amon looks up and sees Hoglander alone and it was a one-timer right he just kind of snapped it above shisterkin i can't even say the guy's name yeah that yeah. it was a bit of a tricky one i think to to one time it was kind of you know kind of in his feet he kind of had to adjust his his uh his stick and his body to be able to get that but he he uh gets all all of it on it you know and just like just roofs it right away and and uh was able to put it in the night i think he made it look a, a little bit easier than it was but the, yeah just a just a, a a great goal by uh, by Hoaglander. Right. And that's the skill, Rob, that Canucks fans are clamoring for. He's on such a good contract. And if we if he can outplay that contract, it's it's so important for this team. 
11 goals, like that was his 11th. He gets his 12th later, which is even nicer. But uh, yeah, that that's kind of what we want from guys like Kuzmenko, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2-1. And then before the period ends with just 16 seconds remaining, yeah, this was a beautiful play. I thought this was going to stand up as the nicest goal of the game, but uh, it's got some competition. It's a Quinn Hughes from his own zone off the boards to Petey. And then uh, I keep saying beautiful, but how else can you explain it? A nice feather pass, pass the defender to Besser, and he shows his, uh, not just a snapshot or a wrist shot, he can score with, with some dangles as well. What'd you think of that one? Yeah, I, I don't, like like when I'm on Twitter, I don't like react to every goal. You know, I'm not like, oh my God, what a goal. But like tonight, it felt like it, it was just like, what an incredible, like this is unreal. But yeah, like, what, you know, that great stretch pass to, and Pedersen, just kind of delays and just kind of waits for that uh, for that seam to open up, gives it to Besser, and yeah. then just a perfect finish. Um, yeah. yeah, what else can you say? Like, it's <laughs> just another one. Of the, like, every goal was a beautiful goal tonight. It was, right. it was incredible. So I tweeted about the goal as well. Then I said, you know, a couple observations after the first period is that great pace to the game. That was very entertaining, regardless of who was winning 3-1. I said, our D looked big when you have Susie joining Zadorov. And Myers and Cole, who's not tall, but he's thick. So there's some good beef on the blue line, like a kind of a playoff type blue line. And then I said, maybe this is a preview of the Stanley Cup final. And then I said, actually, maybe that's a little getting a little bit too far ahead of ourselves. But. It could be Clay. Like this, <laughs> I mean, 30 years later, 30 years later. I like the way this team's playing right now. Yeah. Like, you look at the the Canucks and their four their four check. I I yeah. don't recall another the last time I, that we saw a four a Canucks team four check like this. Like yeah. it's just. And they've they've got four lines deep that they can come at you in in waves. I know not you know the, not every line was really firing on all cylinders tonight necessarily, but sure. um, you know you're seeing you're seeing that, and I think that's why like you know I give Rick Talk a, a lot of time for his you know reluctance to play Kuzmenko right now. He's like if he's not forechecking right, like yeah. and I think he just he needs that that engine to be going, and and if you have one cog not doing what they should um you know it doesn't it, it doesn't work right yeah. so he's got he's got everyone everyone rolling right now and and uh you know playing that that style of game yeah and we'll get into that in the second segment uh, just why the team is doing so well and thank you a couple of people correcting me or at least advising me that Kreider is the fifth member of the rangers power play of course he is of course of course they start off the second period and it's new york who opens the scoring once again in the period uh, a bit of a lazy pass from Besser at the at the blue line, and this is the one that sends um, Lafreniere away, and he drops it to Panarin, and he beats. Uh, I, I noticed with Demko, he's he's letting in a couple. I'm not worried, but he's letting in a couple more goals from the slot, um, almost uncontested, and this was one of them. And everyone that scores in Demko, they they, they seem to score high on him as as Trocek did later. But what do you think of this goal? No big deal. Were you scared now because this made it cut the lead to three two? I don't know if I was overly worried. I mean, it makes it a game again, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that, yeah, it was just, this was, it was a wild, you know, a wild second period with like a lot of, a lot of chances back and forth. It, you know, it became a bit of fire wagon hockey at times in this game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the Panarin goal didn't worry me so much on, on Demko. It was more, more the, the Trocek one, I think was, was, <laughs> uh, you know, one that we, we, we probably would like to have back. Yeah. And we'll get to that one. Yeah, you're right. The Rangers opened the scoring in all three periods. So I'm going to let you take this one. I'll set it up for you. Heronic, a nice pass to Bluger in front of the bench. Bluger, a quick pass to Petey as Petey gains speed over the blue line. Take it from here, Rob, the hockey guy. 
Oh, geez. Where are we here? So, what goal yeah, are we on? So here? this is goal number four. This is the one where he, he walked the <laughs> Too defender. Many goals. Yeah, 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 I know. But this is the one where PD, yeah, not, not to put you on the spot, where PD walked the guy and and and, and did that really nice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, yeah, just the, the, the you know, I, I just had that do your deeks, uh, <laughs> you know, thing like in my head immediately, like just Pedersen was, was just quick hands like all night he was he was doing it all night but it really was on display on 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 that goal in the in the second period mm-hmm. where he just kind of you know dangles one guy the goalie makes the first save and he kind of deeks around him and kind of tucks it in uh you know into the goal from from uh yeah. going around the goalie so um yeah just fantastic yeah what, what else can you say now i know you're a good uh, hockey player i've never played against you but i know of i've seen your stat line you know that i am just a good uh, dad just trying to get some exercise when i'm out there when i'm not rupturing my achilles tendon i would have never had the wherewithal to have I, well i wouldn't have been able to deke that first guy and even get the first shot off but for him to then gather the rebound go around shesterkin knowing he's gonna cross check in the back and then to bring it back in front like that uh talk to me how much skill that takes because I, I know you oh, know yeah. how to play hockey yeah I can't stick out of like that or even close to it, but yeah, no, I, I mean, it's just instinctual for Patterson, isn't it? Like yeah. he just he gets the puck on a stick and then, and that's just, he's just doing it without thinking. Right. Like it's right. not, he's not thinking, you know, like he's, he's not, it's not like he has to think about it. Right. He just kind of just does it. And, and um, you know, that's the mark of someone with, with, you know, elite skill as, as Patterson. Does. Yeah. So I thought the best goal was nice, Rob. Then I thought the PD goal was nicer. And then, I don't know, this this Hoglander goal, uh, Hronik, again, a nice pass up to Suter. Suter comes in on his backhand, draws both defensemen over and ships it over to cross crease to Hoglander, who then puts it between his own legs and then scores. Uh, kind of sweeps the puck past Shesterkin. Maybe Shesterkin was kind of mesmerized by that uh, that play <laughs> through his legs, but that was beautiful. I, I was yelling but at this point. I was yelling. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so quickly after the uh, the the Pedersen goal as well to really put put a, their their stamp on the game. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a really smart play by by Suter, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's that that's a that's a one on two. He kind of drags two Rangers players towards him. He just kind of just patiently just kind of turns, stops, and finds Hoaglander who who has space to to uh, you know do that kind of that little between the legs. Uh, move to to give himself even more space and and uh and score yeah and and that's you know that's that's your what that's your i guess that's suitor i don't know what line is which anymore but <laughs> but you know a, a couple different guys on different lines but yeah um yeah to to have your depth players really contributing like like hoaglander did tonight mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. scoring his 12th goal i mean he's gonna you know he's on pace for what 20 24 25 goals yeah. now yeah. uh you know what what a fantastic season for hoaglander hopefully you can yeah. keep it up and and i just love the way he just the way he plays you not even just with the puck on a stick but the way he's so tenacious on the puck and the way he plays physical and drives the other team you know bananas sometimes uh is you know really great to see from from hoaglander yeah and the, and the confidence or the swagger or whatever adjective you want to use to pull that off and maybe i don't know i don't know how quickly you can think about this maybe he knows they're up for two or maybe that's his only play i don't know but I, it was just so impressive and yeah it got me but I, I mean i think that's a that that move from hoaglander that's not like a uh, that's that's an easy move for him right? right like just 
and it's again it's a little bit instinctual it's just like uh i think it's almost like a a basketball player that puts the ball behind their back on their dribble right it's just like it's just gives yourself a little bit more space and gives you kind of like your body as a as a you know kind of a a blocker to to be able to to give yourself more space and and uh and protect the puck and protect the ball yeah good Um, actually that's a great analogy about uh an an instinctual play for basketball player it'd be like my son bowling you know between his legs you know something that just not everyone can do but it's instinctual for sure (laughs) awesome so it's five two we're laughing you and i meet for our tech test over the intermission we're saying yeah uh, we're not we're not guaranteeing a connects win just yet and sure enough just like the other two periods the rangers open the scoring get the first goal of the third period and this was early so you're right it wasn't like we had the game in the bag this was only three and a half minutes in and uh yeah a really good uh, lafreniere showing his his uh, hockey iq tonight with some two really good assists and this is trocek just blowing it by demko coming down the left boards yeah, I think, I mean, that was, I think it's one that, that Demko would like to have back. I think mm. that's one that uh, when he's really at the top of his game, as he was earlier in the season, I think he has that, you know, he makes that save. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it feels wrong to to be, you know, slagging Demko at all tonight, you know, given the amount of shots that that the Rangers put up on him. You know, the Rangers had 42 shots on goal tonight. So, like, that's, it's uh, by no means a, a poor effort from from Demko, but that's one I think we're used to seeing him stop, but um, you know, the Rangers have firepower and Trocek, you know, that's, that's his 12th goal of, of the season. So, you know, he, he knows how to score goals in, in this league yeah. also. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder, like it's, you know, there's a lot of, at that point, there's a lot of the third period left. And I think I, I didn't, I think I felt pretty comfortable still with the Canucks, you know, if, you know, if they give up that, you know, if they give up the fourth goal and make it five, four now, look out but i think at, at five three still feeling pretty comfortable i think the thing that made me feel a little less comfortable and i wonder if this plays into the psyche a little bit i mean it must at, at, at some level uh, with the players when you just hear that crowd like i was talking about with with at msg that crowd just roars yeah. <laughs> you know like they were that was a roar of a crowd that thought they can come back here, right? Yeah, like they yeah. nobody had given up hope in, in in the in the stands in that game, and you just wonder. Then I, I know I go on about these random things, and it's just what I do. But like the you know the goal horn in, at MSG, how good is that goal horn? How good is that that goal song that they have? Yeah. With the, I don't even know what you call it. It's like their own like Rangers goal song that they've had forever. Uh, it must be such a what a what a life it must be being a Rangers fan where you don't debate the goal song and you don't debate the jerseys. You just like roll out the same thing for a hundred years. But yeah, um, you know. Anyways, I yeah. I'm, so, anyways, my point is the goal song uh, made everyone nervous. I don't know what I'm talking about this, but yeah, I, I think that I think the Canucks were still they're still in control at that point, right? And, and you know, last year's team would be we'd be you know they would have they would have crumbled and and given up the lead in the, in the third period if they were so lucky to, to have one but yeah. this year's team's built differently right like they have not they haven't blown a, a lead coming into the third period yet this season yeah 23 and over whatever the stat is that's pretty cool and that that's a really good point rob about the momentum and how maybe because the goal was so early and you're right it was a raucous environment there the the previous three canucks wins um san jose at home ottawa at home and then new jersey away where the canucks had big leads and then the the opposing team scored one or two to make it 
I was never nervous uh, with the San Jose because they're San Jose. I wasn't even nervous about Ottawa, and I certainly wasn't ner- nervous about New Jersey, given they're missing all their firepower. But tonight, I was a bit nervous. I can't sit here and say a guaranteed win. I had my my tweet and my drafts ready about you and me talking about a big Canucks win, but I I just make sure I didn't press send like too early. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and then uh, the Canucks uh, they they did what they've done twenty two other times this season. They protect that third period lead. PD salts it with the uh, with the empty air. We don't have to talk too much about that. And it's uh, oh, why I keep saying five three victories, a six three victory. I, yep. I I kept forgetting about the empty netter. So uh, six three, a doubling of the of the Rangers, and uh, it sends the Canucks to fifty five points. It sends the Canucks to a record of fifteen games over five hundred. That's the fifty five minus the forty games played, and they're twenty six and eleven and three, which is pretty cool. They are now, as of now, second in the in the Western Conference behind Winnipeg, and uh, second overall in the league behind Winnipeg by. Points. We don't have to worry about points versus points percentage now. We all the teams are close enough. Oh, you know, first, cra- first yeah. place. You know the biggest part though is first place in the Pacific Division, and they got a four point cushion on Vegas right yeah. now. Like that is going to be huge if they can finish first in the the Pacific yeah. and avoid LA and Vegas in the first yeah. round. I think that would be, uh, you know, pretty pretty big for the Canucks. So that that's the that's the big yeah. one. The, the first in the league is kind of a cool thing to, to look yeah. at but i think first in the pacific is the one that really matters and that's a perfect segue uh rob to our second segment where we're going to talk about the canucks looking ahead to the playoffs and what kind of roster moves they may have to do but before we get to that i have a really interesting question for well i think it's interesting you just mentioned that if you finish first you avoid the two or three hole and it's going to be either la or vegas what happens though do you have any time for the argument of but heck i don't want to play the edmonton oilers if the wild card versus number one is not guaranteed that you're in your yep. own division, but it could happen. Do you worry about the Oilers at all? And the second part of my question is, do you think the Oilers could actually catch one of the Canucks, Knights, or or Kings before the season ends? Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. And I think yeah. that the Oilers would definitely be a tough out. Like McDavid and Drysaddle should scare you at any time. <laughs> but at the same time, I just, I just feel like They've got a lot of question marks with that team, right? Like they've had a, they've had a, you know, an up and down season to say the least. Yeah. That's more of a team I feel like is a bit more vulnerable when it comes to playoff time. They're not confident in their goaltending. Right. You know, there's a few, there's a few warts there that I think that, that they could expose. Um, the thing that worries me about LA is you've got Kopitar and you've got Dano. And you've you know Kept, two selkie yeah. level yes, centers, yeah. and you've also got um, Dubois. What a what a power up the middle! Mm-hmm. Don't you just worry like, wow, they could just shut down the Canucks. You know, top, I was always thinking about the top two lines with Miller and Pedersen playing on separate lines. You know, they're well positioned to to shut down the Canucks' top guns in that way. Um, and if the if you're loading up just one line, I think. Like you know, with the lotto line, I think that they're they're vulnerable again for that. If you're looking at at Edmonton, I don't know that there's a team you know that they are a team where you go, oh, they're going to shut us down. They're just going to try to trade chances, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And I think that the Canucks are deeper. I think they're probably a little better on defense, you know, and they're probably and they're definitely better in, in goal. So I think yeah. there's 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 those. And then Vegas. I mean, obviously Vegas. The reasons for scaring you should be obvious, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Stanley Cup champs. They've already shown they can get it done. Uh, Aiden Hill's been excellent in goal, so that's you know that was the the concern going into the playoffs last season. There's not that concern this season. 
they're big, they're mean, they're tough. You know, like there's a lot of things to that to should be um, concerning about that. But but man, how how nice is it? We're we're in January and we're talking about playoff matchups. Yes, like, this is what you know. This feels like we're in make-believe land. It's been so long since <laughs> since we've been able to do this. That's a really good point. When uh, you know Stuart Skinner has 16 wins, he's near the top of the league, but it, it doesn't seem right. Like if you if you have to pick one guy that doesn't fit in between right now, Demko, Talbot, Hill, and Skinner. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick Skinner as well. So I, I agree with you about their goaltending. So let me ask you a, a two or three questions, Rob. Just setting up this whole thought of you're right. Uh, 40 games in, so we're one more game to the halfway point. We are on a 112 point pace. So you win first uh, in the Pacific. You get home ice advantage for the first two rounds. So all these things that the Canucks can have, you know, uh, in their in their crosshairs. Uh, let me start with this first one. Um, a lot of talk about this lotto line. They've obviously combined for multiple points in the two games. Is it uh, kind of to avoid what you said, getting shut down completely? You got to kind of split these guys up when it comes to playoff time, and then put them together when you know that you need something or, or an emergency basis kind of thing? Or do you, and regular season, do you ride these guys as long as you want or do it for five or six games? Say, okay, we know what we have here. Now let's, let's round out the team kind of sort of, sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's nice to have options. Yeah. Right. And now they've got this, this lotto line option in their back pocket so that, you, you know, you never want to, you never, you know, when they say like teams that haven't faced adversity and then they have to face adversity and it's really, it becomes really tough. Yeah. It's almost better to, to, to face a bit of that during the season. I think that that's sort of true in this sense, in terms of if you had the set lines all season and you didn't really change them up much at all and you get into trouble in the playoffs and you go, geez, what do we do? We're down two, nothing in the series. Do we, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you're down three, one in the series. Do, what do you do? Do you shake things up yeah. uh, and go with something that you haven't done all, all year? I don't think that that's something that you want to be doing. So to have this now where you go, okay, the lotto line, we know that, that's almost like, you know, you, they can load up maybe for a shift or two here. Maybe, maybe just when you're, you need a goal in the third period, maybe that's what you do uh, yep. to be able to do that and, and know that it works and know that it has worked, you know, within, you know, we know, we knew it worked a few years ago, but to, to have it in, in modern day here now, I think is a really encouraging sign. I think ultimately you want to have Patterson and Miller on separate lines. Yeah. So you're not just, going all you know putting all your eggs in one basket you, you want to at some point be thinking about having a, a line that matches that's your matchup line that can that can worry about the mcdavids and dry saddles of the world if you if you go up against them yeah so i think having different options is is uh definitely key and, they, and they've they've got a few of those but still i think the hope is that is that kuzmenko turns around right like that kuzmenko is kind of the wild card right now he is if, if you know if, if he can get back to being close to the type of player that he was one year ago and and play rick talk at hockey that's a game changer now you can now you can spread it out on two lines and yeah. and, uh, and go from there it's funny on my own shows rob i would say kuzmenko is the type of four that you need um in the playoffs someone to score but then i'm thinking Defensively, Kuzmenko is not the type of forward that you need in the yeah. playoffs just because we haven't seen that part of his game yet. We didn't make the playoffs last year when he had 39 goals. So uh, are you confident that Kuzmenko is uh, more of a net asset than a net liability when it comes to playoff time? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it really comes down to like, it, can, he, can he adjust? Can he make the adjustments and play for this coach? Like that's, I think he wants to, I think he's trying. I think he's just having trouble 
you know, adjusting and it's, it's, it's a playing a style that he's, that he's not necessarily used to. I think it's hard to break old habits. So yeah. from everything we've heard, uh, it seems like he ha still has a good attitude about this. He's not demanding a trade. You know, those are the, the latest reports. So I, you know, I, I think there's still some hope there. They've still got half a season to, to turn it around. Yeah. And, you know, I, but I, I, yeah, you just, you just hope that he can, that he can do it because that's a, that's a game changer. They, they're missing a, they're missing a top six winger right now because, because Kuzmenko is not scoring and, and uh, doing what he did one year ago. Yeah. It's funny that you hear, well, all we're missing is, you know, a defenseman at a top six winger. And I'm, I'm thinking we have a few of those top six wingers. They just got to produce. So I'll, I'll jump back to the forwards in a second. I do want to ask you about the D with um, Carson Susi healthy now. And it didn't happen last game because Zadorov was dinged up, but this was the first time that we saw our complete six. Now that Zadorov has been, um, Susi's healthy and Zadorov since the Zadorov trade. And I, I forgot that, I forgot that Susie and Myers played so much together because I automatically thought it was going to be Zadorov, Myers, Susie, and Cole mm -hmm. with Cole jumping to the right. But obviously they went uh, Myers, Cole, sorry, uh, Susie, uh, Cole, Susie, Myers, and then and then and then Cole and Zadorov um, with Zadorov playing on the left and Cole on the right. Do you like that uh, lineup? Hughes, Heronic, Susie, Myers, Zadorov, Cole. Are you fine with the fact that it's Juleson on the outside looking in right now? And uh, I think we know he's going to get. A chance to go back in. They're not going to stay healthy for the next 42 games. So overall, I guess, uh, what do you like about the the composition of our blue line? And do you think that it would behoove them to go out and get one or two more, at least one more bona fide NHL defenseman? Yeah, I think this is uh, you know the best their D has looked in quite a while. I would say yeah. uh, I, there was a part of me that was wondering, you know, would talk it be so hell-bent on having the lefty-righty thing that he would that he would bench one of these guys. But, you know, just given the, the contracts of, of their top six, like there's a very clear top six and then there's a drop-off before before Juleson. Yeah. I think this is puts Juleson in a much better spot, you know, being the number seven guy, not being an every-night uh, player. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I like it. You're, you're able to, at this point, you can... I, I'm not sure what, what pairing is... is going to be getting second pairing minutes versus <laughs> third pairing minutes, or it's probably, I, I, my guess would be they'd probably be pretty even. Yeah. But now you're not in a position where you have to rely on Myers in a, in a you know, in a, in a top four role. Uh, hopefully Cole plays just fine on, on his off, offside. But uh, I, I, you know, Cole, I think has been such an important piece that they've added this year, like yeah. kind of went under the radar, I think in, in the, in the off season, there was a lot of talk about Susie, a little bit less talk about Cole. Yeah. Cole's leadership, I think, has been it just oozes out of him, right? Yeah. It's just a guy that has so much experience, so well spoken. You know, I mean, we we go on this a little bit by you know what how these guys talk in the media, right? Cole's a, a media darling, so you know, <laughs> take that for what it's for what it's worth. But he just seems like a guy that that's uh, you know I've asked talking about him before, and you know I think by all accounts he just seems like a guy that really provides a lot of value for his leadership mm -hmm. just the way he plays a warrior out there uh yeah. you know in all of his experience i think he's been a, a real key addition uh to the blue line so to have him 
and you know you don't have to have the two gunslingers and Zadorov and Myers together. Now you can put you know you can put a steady guy like Cole with with uh, with one of them. Yeah, and, and Susan, uh, yeah, similar I think is 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 pretty steady guy back there as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like the look of their defense a lot better uh, with everyone healthy. Yeah, I, I do like the way Susie just makes smart, subtle plays with his long reach, with his stick. He did a couple of them today as well. But great point, Rob, about an interesting point about the ice time. Tonight, because with all six, no one had less than 1846. That was Susie. And no one had more than 2149. So, uh, and that was Hironic, so, uh, sorry, Hughes. So all six defensemen were within three minutes of each other. And I think that's awesome. That bodes so well for this team um, um, trying to stay healthy going down the stretch. I have one more question for you ab uh, about um, ju just the way we're two months away from the trade deadline. And I think you and I agree. No one would expect the Canucks to be second team overall in the league at January 8th or whatever today is. So, are you fine? Uh, take your reporter hat off for a second. And as a true Canucks fan, which I know you are, um, are you fine with them? Uh, whether you call use the term "all in" or or being true buyers, because yeah, or is it like why not? We might not get in the spot again in the next three or four years, and and maybe it helps PD resign here. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> he's not ready to talk until after the season, or yes. I, I don't know. We don't know when he's ready to talk, but <laughs> I, I don't think it's an all in uh, year. Okay, I do think they are. They should be buyers, though. I I, I think that there's. Like they have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup this year. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean they're the favorites. That doesn't mean I'm I'm betting the house on it. But they have a legitimate chance. Like they and they you know as as we mentioned you know they're going to have a tough road within the Pacific Division. That's not a cakewalk. But I do think that they should be in a position where they're looking to add to their team at the trade deadline. Now, what does that look like? I think it really depends on what's available, what the prices are. I don't yeah. think that they should be jumping out of their boots to be, you know, acquiring rentals and giving up, you know, the few prospects that they do have available. But nice. I do think that they're in a position where they, they can, you know, look to see what they can acquire. And now what, now the second question is, what do they need? Yeah. I, I think I said on, I said on Twitter the other day, they, the need, and this is when they had Miller and Pedersen playing on the separate lines. They kind of need a 2010 Alex Burrows, <laughs> and they need a 2015 Chris Tanev. Okay, right? Because that Miller line, you know, was kind of missing the, you know, Di Giuseppe works on that line, mm. but Di Giuseppe is realistically a fourth liner. Yeah. You need kind of a guy that plays that type of game you know, a la Alex Burroughs 2010, right? A guy that can finish off chances, play in a top six role and forecheck and and, uh, and get extra looks for, for the two other more talented guys on his line, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I see, you know, you know, there's 2023, uh, Chris Tanev is available, but, you know, you'd prefer, you, you, that, that might be nice, but you'd prefer 2015 Chris Tanev, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a guy that can play, big minutes on the back end that can block shots fearlessly that can be a matchup defenseman, you know, play against the other team's top lines, shut them down, uh, move the puck. Like that's, that, that's a dream and, and be right-handed, right? Like all of those <laughs> things is, is kind of what you want, I think for this yeah. team as well. I know they've got the top six D now that, that all have 
you know, they all have contracts that, that say they should be, you know, everyday players. But I, I sort of view the Canucks that they have, they have a number one defenseman. They have a number two defenseman. They have, you know, maybe two, you know, they have like a number four defenseman maybe. And then like, they've got three number five defensemen, right? right. Like they don't, they're kind of missing that number three, that true bonafide uh, second pair of D. I think they're missing that. So if you could, you know, if you could get a time machine and get those two guys, that'd be great. Uh, failing that, I think you try to get as close to those t- two types of players and and bring them into your lineup. And and if you know if if the winger is easy to acquire and you and you can do it, and the, and the player has maybe a little bit term, maybe not an onerous contract, you do it. Right. Uh, or if it, if there's a defenseman available, you try to do that. So. That's that's sort of where I'm I'm coming from, and, but I don't think you want to be you know you know they they've got guys that need, they need to resign after the year. I don't think you want to be trading you know really valuable future assets for guys that come in the door and then you have to lose a free agent. So you don't really yeah. win on that deal long term. Right. So Patrick Alvin, you heard it first right here from <laughs> Rob. He says, "Go find 2010 Burles and go find 2015 Tano." And then, and then we'll be set. One more question, Rob, and then we'll get get uh, get to the people. Refresh uh, my memory. Were you in the locker room last season as well, or this season only, or last season as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. last season, season also. Yeah. I'm really curious. I, I hopefully this doesn't catch you off guard. Do you sense a, a difference in mentality and in mood this season as opposed to last season? I, I'm really curious. Uh, I like those kind of those kind of nuances and stuff. If if there's anything to share, or is it the yeah. same? Yeah. I mean, I, the one thing I'll say is that the whole dressing room post game thing has changed quite a bit. Uh, I would say post COVID. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like like you guys remember the 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 Zoom pressers after <laughs> afterwards during COVID, where you just have one guy comes out and another guy comes out. It's kind of not that dissimilar to that now, um, where it's kind of like bring out a guy, bring out a guy, and everyone sort of swarms the one player, yeah. whereas it was a bit more of just opening up the room and you and people would go all over the place um, within the room and had more people available. So it's uh, sort of changed a little bit, I would say. So you don't go. So I don't know if you like, I think, you know, fans maybe think of like reporters going into the room and there's this all this like hubbub going around. It's, there's not a lot of that anymore. And, right. I, you know, pre COVID, there was a bit more of that where, you know, there was more things going on in terms of uh, mood and attitude. I, you know, I, Definitely, but I would say that I, I must commend the, the Canucks on this. They they have a real business like attitude about things. Like you can just see, they do not want to get too high. Right. They don't want to get too low. They don't want to make too much of of anything. Uh, As if so they haven't done, not, they haven't accomplished anything yet, right? That's kind of like their their mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. inevitably, like you know, after a win, they're gonna they're gonna be happy yeah. happier, and and after a loss, they're gonna be you know not as. Uh, you know, not as happy. <laughs> and, but at the same time, like they're not, you know, they're not hooting and hollering after wins. Like there's not like yeah. joking around uh, very much. And I think that's, you know, maybe a testament to, to Rick Tockett and, and him, you know, having them all kind of focused and, and thinking the right way. But I think it's also a little bit about, the, you know, especially with their star players, like these are guys that have lost a lot of games. They've had, you know, they've had a really tough time in the last few years and they're finally winning. 
and they want this to continue. So th that that's sort of how I read the situation. They're not like, remember 2010, 2011, when Kessler was like, he was doing the Kessler bombs or he's like yep, in the yep. he pizza and stuff. Like there's none of that in the room. And I, I just think it's, you know, a, you know, a, a bit of the, the fact that they've, they've had those, those failures in the past and, and they've come just hyper-focused uh, this season. Well, well said. No, that's pretty cool. That That's neat to hear. And yeah, I do like their workmanship, workman like attitude in that they, yeah, they don't want to get too high because they truly haven't accomplished anything just yet. Okay. For the last five to seven minutes, let's pepper Rob with two or three questions. So I'm going to scour the chat now or get one in right now. This is Rob Williams of daily hive. And he's been with us for the past 40 minutes, breaking down this Canucks game, looking ahead at what the next two months might hold for this team that we are so enamored with right now. So I want to be enamored by your questions. So let's get some questions in for Rob and we will ask him uh, right before uh, he goes. Okay. First one from fangirl. Would you trade Friedman at the deadline for death or a draft pick? He's not getting a lot of chances in the lineup recently. And I guess the second part to that, would be, or should we keep him for the depth that we might need in the playoffs? Yeah, I think he's he's the depth kind of guy you want, right? Like, I don't think he's going to have, you know, they got him off waivers. I don't think you're, he's going to have a, a huge trade value. I don't I don't know what you get for him at the deadline, the seventh round pick. Right. Um, I'm not sure you really want to do that. I think I think it's nice to have an extra an extra defenseman around to, you know, having him in the number eight role. Perfect. Uh, I, you're, you know, they're not going to be healthy forever on, on defense. We know this from, you know, if you Canucks fans know this, right. Their, their defense is almost never healthy. So uh, I think there's going to be a, a situation where, you know, Friedman gets into games uh, this season and, and it's good to have that kind of a depth guy available you know when he came over after the trade i thought he looked really good they had him in a top four role for briefly right after the trade yep. uh that didn't necessarily last but I, I do think that it's nice to have uh you know a spare piece that you can have some confidence playing awesome chris asked had to pick one team who do you who do you think the connects are going to meet in the first round I'm, I'm putting my Canucks fan hat on here. And then it, and when you do that, you just, you just expect the worst, right? You expect <laughs> Vegas in the first round, right? Right. Like they have this fantastic season. And of course they, who did they end up playing? They play Vegas in the yeah. first round. Um, I, I, I think, it, you know, I'm not, I mean, I think Vegas probably in the end takes first spot in the Pacific and you end up with the Canucks playing LA in, in, in the first round and, and that'll be a really difficult matchup, but yeah, but what, yeah, I, I guess if I had to guess that, that'd be my guess, but, but I'm not, uh, not uber confident on it. It's, it's a tight race. Yeah, absolutely. You think we can shake uh, another question from B I G T. I don't know. That's big T, uh, whatever it is. Do you think we can shake Elias Lindholm, uh, uh free from Calgary? Although uh, doesn't he want like $9 million or something for his next contract? That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think that's that's so tough to be to be bringing a piece like that just yeah. based on what their cap situation is and and you know Pedersen and and Hironic needing uh, needing new deals. I, I think that's going to be a tough one, and and you're going to have to give up a lot of assets um, to get a player like that in. So like, what you know, are you willing to trade like Lakaramaki or somebody like that? Like, yeah. you know, he, guys like uh, Lindholm don't come cheap. So I. I don't think they're in the market for for that type of player. I think they're in the market for you know a tier tier below that. Sure, fair enough. A couple more uh, lefty all around asks. May I ask your guess? Yes, you can. May I ask your guess if he thinks 
D-Man Juleson is worth a second round pick at this point. And I'll, I'll, I'll prelude this by saying, I guess the answer is similar to the Friedman answer is these are the kind of guys you want as depth in the, in the, in the playoffs. Cause I don't think you're getting a second rounder for Noel Juleson as, as well as he's played. No, the, the, the Noel Juleson hype train has left the station clearly. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the second round pick is, is not happening for Juleson. Yeah. Uh, I think you'd be lucky to get a seventh round pick. Yeah. Uh, somebody would like him, you know, just right before the, the playoffs to, to add a depth piece as, as a seventh or eighth uh, D man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that he's in the he's in the right spot for this is the right spot for Juleson to be in to be a to be a number seven uh, defenseman on on an NHL team. Uh, mm. I'm sure he's thrilled with being in that spot right now yeah and you just think the last time the Canucks were in the finals in 11 uh, Ham Hughes got hurt uh, hip checking Lucic and um Rome got suspended right so then that's why you had to bring in I can't remember who came in for them was it like Albert Chris Tanev Chris Tanev was a was a call up from from wow. Manitoba that year and and yeah they had guys like who do they have? Andrew Albert, Andrew, Keith Ballard, and, yeah, like, you know, and Aaron Rome and Ballard and all these guys, yeah. So you, you're going to need, you know, you're you're going to need a, a lot of a lot of bodies, um, you know, if you hope to make a long, long playoff run, uh, it's it's very rare to to be able to to march through the playoffs and keep all your defensemen intact. Like they take a they take a beating, um, you know, from 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 the opposition. So you're, you're inevitably going to have injuries. So it's good to have extras. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, uh, finally, there, there's another question. So I got one last one and then we'll wrap up. Um, do you, when you see Hughes tonight, I, I was just thinking off the top of my head, I see Hughes versus Fox. Fox is a former Norris uh, trophy winner. Yeah, of course, Kale McCarr has won one and Quinn Hughes is the only one of the, I guess, and Darlene, they haven't won it either. But do you, do you take joy or do you care when you see Hughes outplay or play just as well as these other guys that have have technically more NHL accolades than, than, or do you not worry about it and just, it's going to happen. If it happens, it kind of happens. Cause I, as a fan, I, I'm not a reporter like you, I get totally proud and, and, and defensive and I, I want Hughes so much to be respected and, and all that kind of thing. And maybe he is, he's going to the NHL all-star game, but do you, do you care? Do you notice those kind of things or just kind of let it be? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think, I think all these things matter. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, th- I think Canucks fans, you know, desperately want Hughes to get his due. Cause I think, you know, the reputation that has kind of followed him is, has been undeserved. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's somehow got this reputation that he's not a, you know, not a, a Norris trophy level defenseman. I thought his, I can't remember what position he finished in the Norris trophy voting. I think it was like seventh or eighth or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I had him, I had him uh, third on my ballot and there weren't a ton of people that had him top three. Yeah. So to have, you know, to, I don't think you're going to see, uh, you know, I think you're going to see a lot more respect for Hughes given the way the Canucks have played, given the attention he's received around the league. I think even just having the C on his chest, I, I think that's going to like, that just changes the perception, you know, like these the voting for these awards are, you know, they're NHL writers and, and mm-hmm. reporters that, you know, let's be realistic. Like they're not watching every Vancouver Canucks game, right? Like they're <laughs> watching the highlights. They're watching a few games, you know, so there's reputation goes into this, right? Stats go into it. Um, you know, uh, so, so I think that every little thing matters. And I think, especially if you have like a strong start to the season, that kind of builds momentum for your case. And I think that that's what's happened with Hughes 
And, and I mean, he has taken a step from last season. I think there's no doubt about that. Like this is his being his finest season in the NHL. And I think that, you know, he's making a very, very strong case uh, for the Norris trophy. And, and, and yeah, like, you know, when he, you know, remember when they, they played Colorado and McCarr had that massive game, it was kind of like a <laughs> not so fast Quinn kind of game, right? Yeah. Like to, to have one where, where Quinn uh, outplays Fox was, was, uh, was great to see. Yeah, and as we're wrapping up here, I see Thomas Trance and Jay Fresh fighting on on X about it right now. But we can we can look at that later. Well, Rob, this is awesome. This is a very quick fifty minutes. I'm so grateful for your time and your willingness to say yes. I know uh, you you have a lot of responsibilities, especially running your own your own uh, media and your own website. Um, but uh, the fact that you were able to hang out with us here on SDPN, we're, we're very grateful. So once again, let's do this. Uh, tell everyone where they can follow all your work. I'll do a quick uh, wrap up and, and then we'll, we'll be off. So where can people follow all your good stuff? Yeah. Shout out to Noah Strang. He's written the post game for us tonight. So you can uh, catch his, his uh, post game up on daily hive, but uh, yeah, I can't remember your question. Oh yeah. And follow find you. Me, find yeah. me, find me. Yeah. Find me on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, Rob, the hockey guy and, and uh, daily Awesome. And for all of you watching, make sure you follow Rob. You can get me at connect clay on your way out, hit the subscribe button SDPN. We're only 500 away from from 100,000 which is pretty cool and make sure that you like the stream as well like the fact that we got a cool guest we got a cool host and the Cucks won 6-3 not 5-3 like I so uh, embarrassingly embarrassingly said at the start of the show tomorrow night uh, love me or hate me you're stuck with me again I'll have up and coming YouTuber Canucks YouTuber Rev Trev uh, Trevor Kempner joining me to break down the Canucks versus the Islanders it starts half an hour later than today's game so just bump everything by half an hour I should be online somewhere around 7 15 tomorrow night so i hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night hope you are able to watch the game tomorrow follow rob follow me and go to bed smiling because the canucks are number two in the entire nhl stay safe stay healthy take care of yourselves and take care of each other good night and go canucks go